My brother. Thank you. Uh, Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. <laughs> Actually, there's a reason why you were saying that. In the morning service, I said, I bring two things that have disappeared from the church. One of them is a 1611 Bible called the King James Version in real hard copy. <laughs> the second one is called a tie. Both of the two, we used to have a very special place in the house of God. Something happened and they were first out and I thought it would be good remembrance for you, the digital age, to know that actually the word is still in paper. <laughs> I am so much overjoyed to be with you today and to be with Pastor and my uh, that's what we always used to call. <laughs> For those of you who may not know, Amai means mother. That's basically all we know how to call the mothers of the house. Amen. And uh, Margaret has meant that to us for many, many years. Uh, in the morning service, I was talking about a few things before um, my preaching. One of them is the fact that one of your dear sons, Jesse, is doing very well. Uh, and we are thankful to the Lord for that. Uh, amen. Uh, and uh, it's, it's a noble thing to see him upholding a tradition that all his fathers have championed in this house. And I want to thank all of you who are supporting him and praying for him. You need to know that he is doing a very commendable work for the kingdom of God. Last week I was in England and... On Sunday, I left Heathrow, uh, starting to do my journey, which eventually would bring me up to North America. And I will never forget uh, <coughs> spending time with our church in the United Kingdom and going through times of ordaining leadership and other things that we needed to do there. And uh, one of the things that really blessed me is to see the work that Pastor Ephraim, who happens to be leading our work uh, there, who happens to be Pastor Ronnie Mick's son too, uh, and uh, both Pastor Ronnie and Margaret taught him. We were together in Bible college many years ago before he eventually came to work with our ministry and looking after our work in the United Kingdom. And I'm very delighted just to show you that there is power in sowing seed. Uh, and the mixed sons are all over the world now, and we are blessing God for that. Amen. Let's give a clap offering to that. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> and... Uh, the last thing I want to say is that I'm hoping that many of you will be coming to Southern Africa next August. Um, it's not, we need you to come for only two weeks. Don't stay longer than that. <laughs> you know, one of the most interesting things about hosting people from the United States, and I've done this for many years, and I've done this for people all over the world, is that... It's very interesting how many concerns people have when they are coming from North America. So everybody has to ask you about where will the lion be when I will be witnessing. And everybody has to ask you. And then you have a list of all these things that you call allergies here. You know, we, we, I, I never heard that word when I was growing up. We didn't know what it is. I almost had a woman dying in our office one time on a missions trip. And she had told me that she doesn't, she has a problem with cats. She's allergic to cats. 
you see? You don't tell an African that because what that really means is that you only have a problem when you eat a cat. I don't understand how you can have a problem with a cat <laughs> passing by. <laughs> so she says, oh, you better make sure we have a problem. I'm allergic to cats. And I said, well, none of us do anything with cats. I mean, we don't eat them. We don't do anything. <laughs> and the next thing, along the trip as we are on our way to Victoria Falls, we stop at a farm at one of our brothers owns a farm. And uh, a cat passes by, and the next thing we're having a real fit right here. And I thought, how do I explain this to these people that this woman is having a problem because a cat passed by? It's called allergy with a double L. <laughs> but don't worry, whatever you have, send us the list, we'll take care of that, okay? But what you need to understand is, we have a problem in this country. For some strange reason, people do not have passports. Now, you know, it's, it's amazing because last night, uh, Mario and Mel were hosting a dinner together with some of our friends. And uh, uh, Brother Steve and his wife were on the table with me. And I asked the question, what is the problem with passports in this country? Because apparently, out of the nation, from the numbers from the developed nations, I think you fall somewhere around the seventh when it comes to passport possession. What is your problem with getting a passport? And I asked, and uh, Steve's wife answered me back. She said, there is no problem with getting a passport in this country. What is hard is getting a good picture. <laughs> so I brought my camera with me. Those of you who would like to have a good picture, I am going to do a photo shoot for passports after this service. Because I need you to come to Africa next summer. <laughs> And I hope we'll be, you have the best picture that you like. You can change all the positions you want. We'll work out on that. <laughs> Isaiah chapter 40. That's our text today. Amen. <clears throat> One of the things why I like the digital age is that you get a passage very quickly. So... Can you imagine now the silence? We, we don't have that noise of pages flipping over anymore. And <laughs> what we're going to do, we will look at the verse 28. I'm going to try to take it from the bottom up so that we get a picture of where we are going this morning. I want to share with you about hoping in the Lord. Let's say hope in the Lord. That means put your hope in God alone. Amen. Verse 28, and I will try to give you the new international version. <laughs> and it says, let's read verse 28. Verse 28, I will read it in the King James Version. There's a reason for that. <laughs> Has thou not known? Now, for those of you, it means, have you not known? <laughs> And the next part says, Has thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not? That means does not faint. Neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. Verse 29. He giveth power to the faint. <laughs> and to them that have no might, he increases strength. But they that hope in the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will, shall walk and not 
faint. And I want you to look at verse 12 of this chapter. And it says, Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, and meted out heaven with the span, and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains in scales, and hills in a balance? Verse 13, Who has directed the Spirit of the Lord, or being his counselor, hath taught him? With whom took he counsel, and who instructed him, and taught him in the path of judgment, and taught him knowledge, and showed to him the way of understanding? Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket, and are counted as the small dust of the balance. Behold, he taketh up the isles as a very little thing, and Lebanon is not sufficient to burn, nor the beasts thereof sufficient for a burnt offering. All nations there before him are as nothing, and they continue counted to him as less than nothing and vanity. Verse 21, have you not known and have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understanding from the foundations of the earth? It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens as a curtain and spreads them out as a tent for dwelling. He brings the princes to nothing and makes the judges of the earth as vanity. And may God bless the reading of his word. Amen. I believe that what I want to share with you today is really about putting your hope in the Lord. I used to think that people always carry hope, but we don't. And some of the most hopeless people are actually Christians. And it's so sad to see that sometimes when you, when you look at that, the Bible is full of that encouragement regarding the fact that a child of God needs to hope, walk in hope. Now, we are living in very uncertain times. We're not the first ones to be under those kind of circumstances. All the people that have ever lived on the face of the earth face different kinds of situations. In our time, we are told by the media every week that we are living in an age of terror. Terror everywhere. We hear about this all the time. Then we are hearing the word nuclear again coming into the mouths of our politicians. In fact, I was in the United States very recently during the time when the United Nations uh, was having their conference in New York City, and I listened to a couple of the presidents, and everyone is talking about nuclear. We are also living in a time when faith in money is diminishing. Currency, as we know it, is losing value very speedily, and everybody is trying to hedge themselves against the future problems regarding devaluation. And when you travel in Europe today, you will see Many places with billboards, people buying gold and silver, and everybody's making this rush away from money to ensure that they hedge themselves by holding real minerals. China is doing the same thing. In parts of Africa today, they are involved in spending so much of the money, American money that they hoarded over the years, and buying what they call precious minerals. And they are trying to make sure that they secure themselves by ensuring that they do not hold to money anymore. Issues of climate change are a big threat and a problem in our time. We are hearing problems with health. In fact, it was interesting for me to read an article that was showing that there is quite a number of vitamins that many of you have been swallowing for 30 years. And suddenly you are told today that they, it was just a nice glass of water. They are useless. And you know what it means for you to actually put your hope in a certain number of vitamins and then to be told that they actually do not work? We are living in anxious and very uncertain times because of debt. Both the household and national debt. In fact, I think I was reading a book within the last two years. 
I found out something about very scary figures that talk about the fact that the U.S. interest, the interest on the debt alone accumulates at the pace of $41 million an hour. By the time when we finish this service, that's as bad as it gets. This is how serious the times that we are living in are. We are living in a time when information is selectively given. There is nothing called free media anymore as we thought. Today, people share information that is intentionally designed to forge a certain opinion in your mind. And we think that we are a free nation. In fact, I was laughing with people in the United Kingdom and I said, I used to think that America is a free country until I found out that you cannot see the face of Bin Laden. Now, you know, <laughs> I had all these people complaining that I want to see that terrorist face killed and messed up. Somebody was being interviewed on television and I was watching the program. He said, I saw his face, but I have decided no one should see him except me. Now, can you believe that? I thought, what is that? Okay, that's good. I'm happy you saw him. I don't need to see him. Now, what you need to understand is that freedom means nothing anymore. We have traded our freedom for security. This is the kind of world that we are living in today. And we are living in a world where there is lesser and lesser information that we need. Did you know that they say that one in every seven Americans is functionally illiterate? And basically what that means is that we, 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 we know we do things every day, but in reality, true knowledge is departing from us. Do you know that we know so little today that the only way to get what, to know what you need to know, very soon many of you are going to Google your name. You probably won't even remember what is your name anymore. Now, what is your name? I need to check. I need to go on Google to find out. Everything is on Google. It's not in the mind. It's on Google. This is the kind of world that we are living in today. And a British journalist very recently made a complaint that in the United States, the problem is no longer disclosure of information. The problem is overclassification. More than nearly 20% of information that used to be available to the public today falls in the category of classified. So they will tell you that you cannot check on that. You cannot look at that. You cannot know that. You don't have no explanation for anything. This is the kind of world that we are living in. And anxiously we live and we walk in this world, even as we are children of God. But this is the kind of world that we are living in today. And in fact, I was teasing about the healthcare bill in this country that when I found out that it was more than 900 pages, I asked myself, how many people read that, that bill? Now, you know, the fact of the matter is that you can't finish that bill before you get sick. You will be sick before you finish reading the health care bill. So the sure fact of the matter is this is the world that we are living in. And I watched one of your politicians on a video clip. He actually, she actually said, pass the bill, then read it later. That's your story. So this is the kind of world that we are living in. And... People are anxious. There is, we are losing hope every single day as we look into the future. But the question I have today is, is there still hope? My answer is yes. To the child of God, there is still hope. To those who have believed in the God of the Bible, there is still hope. To those who have faith in the God of Scriptures, there is still hope. And God, is that's what he's talking about in the book of Isaiah. He wants you to know that if you hope in the Lord, you surely will fly like an eagle and soar the skies. You surely will run and never be weary. You will, not, you will walk and you will not faint. But before he does that, he wants you to understand what kind of a God can give you that kind of hope. What kind of a God would inspire the kind of hope that he promises in scripture? And then he spends a great deal of time in Isaiah chapter 40, giving him to you his personal resume about the kind of God that you serve. 
Because you see, I cannot assure you that you need to believe in this God until you know what kind of a God he is. I cannot make you to be convinced that your life is safe. Neither is your future secured until you know the kind of God that we preach about. But this God is a great God. This God is a big God. This God is a majestic God. This God is incomparable God. So God says in the book of Isaiah that have you not heard about me? Have you not known about me? I am the biggest and the greatest. I am sovereign. I learn nothing from anyone. I am all-knowing. I am God all by myself. God has no father or mother. He was never born, so he will never die. He comes from timelessness in eternity. He lives forevermore. He is above all things. And the Bible teaches us that everything is like nothing in his presence. Do you know the questions that he asks in this passage? He asks hard questions. He says, tell me somebody who is exactly like me, who has measured the waters of the ocean, who spreads the curtains, the heavens like a curtain in front of him, who has ever weighed the mountains except myself. That kind of information is not available to anybody else except God. I don't know, no scientist will tell you the weight of a mountain. Everything is speculative, I promise you that. But God is all-knowing and he says, like the song that our brother Wayne and the team were singing, the fact that he actually names the stars by name. One after another. Have you ever really watched how many galaxies of stars are out there? You know, I, I, I actually was watching beautiful pictures that were sent from what, the, what do they call the hobos, that satellite thing. And I was looking at those pictures and I'm fascinated to look at, is this all up there somewhere? Somebody should bless the Lord. Because when you think of what it looks like up there, it's way too beautiful than any of our beautiful dazzling cities of the world. But God created all that. And he said, you know what, I designed it all for my good pleasure. One time I listened to a scientist, an astrophysicist, talking about some of the things that they see in the skies as they study the, the galaxies of the stars. He said, up until today, we have no idea what it is for, except one answer, that it must be for the pleasure of the maker. Whoever designed it that beautiful, he did not do it for any reason except to behold it and pride himself that blessed the Lord. This is wonderful. I did that in order to prove to you that only me can do it. Now, the Bible teaches us that this is the kind of God that we serve. The Bible says he dethrones or dethrones or makes to nothing the kings of this world. You know, we live in a time when rulers are so proud that I have never seen anymore. People are actually arrogant and parading their own self-worth and making you believe that everything stops on them. You know, you use this phrase in this country like, the buck stops here. I don't know what that means. Uh, the buck stops here. I must be some, a buck in our country is an animal. That means, and what you see is that we have rulers today in the world that really don't care nothing about God. But I want to say to you something. Do not worry about that. I live in a country where we have dictators who are not even dying and they are proud of the fact that they are healthy like never before. And they feel like they will actually live forever. Do you know that Shaka Zulu in our study of our own history in Southern Africa, he never even believed that he would die. He killed his own son. He wanted to kill his own son. His sister told him that do not kill your son, please Shaka, because he is the one who will perpetuate your name and generation. Shaka replied and he said, there is no future without Shaka. This is how proud men can get. But let me tell you, the Bible says God can bring down the rulers of this world to nothing. The Bible says God can bring the judges of this world to vanity. 
In other words, no matter what anyone says, no matter who he thinks of himself to be, we serve a God that is greater than any human being that has ever walked on the face of the earth. I live a life that is very little trouble with men. When I see people parading their arrogance in ways and using some kind of language that makes them think that they are more than, you see, the real problem of exaggerated self-worth that lives in the world today, a human being, two-legged, red-blooded, toilet-visiting man, saying stuff about God that you just can't believe. Did you remember he is a real man? Do you know that I teach you in my country that when you are a man and you are a leader or you are anything else and you become great and suddenly you start forgetting who you are, ask your wife. Wives never have a problem with knowing who exactly you are, no matter what everybody else thinks of you. The Bible teaches us that God says in this chapter that even all the hood of Lebanon, and I believe that that is showing us that in case you think you are worshipping more than anything else, you haven't even worshipped him enough. He says all the hood of Lebanon, put it together with all the beasts of the forest, make one sacrifice, it's still not worthy our God. This is how great he is. <laughs> He is a great God. And God says, I want you to put your hope in me. Do you understand that? He says, I want you to trust and lay everything on me. Put your hope only in me. Now, you know, I was saying in the morning that he wonders why you have not heard of him. <laughs> you know, every time when I read that part, it interests me. He says, have you not heard? Why has it not been told to you about me? I sit on the circle of the earth. I am God. Almighty, I made everything. Do you know anyone quite exactly like me? None. There is none like you, like the song says. There is no one like our God. Heaven and below, there is none other. But God wonders why you have not heard of him. Let me tell you something. Our, the future and the hope of our lives and everything that we perceive concerning what our future lies in does not lie in who is voted into power. It lies in who we serve. Yes. The future lies in the God that we serve. And he has not listed this world to anyone. He is still in control. Hallelujah. You need to know that God is still in control. Now last week I had a very wonderful time. Once in a while I'm part of Pastor Mig's cyber assembly. Now those of you who are here you may not know that I am a better member than most of you. So I follow every week and I went to his blog and I tried to check on what he was saying. And I was shocked because I was already building a message about hope. And the next thing that I noticed, he's talking about hope from Colossians chapter 1. And I noticed that as he was talking about, the title was, It's There Somewhere. And he's making a mentioning the fact that years ago, he was very deeply troubled. Because he would notice that the people who were talking about faith, they would exclude the word hope. Because hope looked like it's a limping kind of faith. It's an inferior version of faith. But when you say faith, it looked like faith can actually function and exist without hope. No, that's not correct. Hebrews teaches clearly that faith is the substance of things what hoped for. That means you are looking forward to. If there is no hope, faith is hinging on nothing. That is not the Bible kind of faith. And what you need to understand as you read Isaiah, he says, they that hope in the Lord. Now, I may tell you actually the reason why I believe that King James uses the word wait is because you can only wait when you are hopeful. So essentially, it's actually talking about the same thing. That the kind of expectancy that you nest as you look into the future, when you look forward to what it shall be, it's only anchored and fanned and 
fortified by hope. Hope secures your expectancy. It makes it possible for you to look into the future and say, yes, it shall be well with my soul because someone is in control of what the future is all about. But notice one thing. He says, they shall mount up with wings like eagles and they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and they will not faint. And I was saying in the morning that I believe that it describes the three stages and different circumstances that we find ourselves in as we walk with God. Because there is a time in our lives when we are flying like eagles. Most of the younger generation and some of you who are still young, they have a lot of energy. I mean, I watch people like Brad and his team when they are doing this music thing. You can clearly see energy. You don't expect Pastor Bruce to do that. I mean, it's like it. you, you, what you need to understand is there is vigor, there is exuberance, there is excitement in what he is doing. Do you understand what I'm saying? These young men are flying like eagles as they hold on to the hope. But never be fooled. Even when you see people in their elderly age walking with a stick, but do not fail to know that whether you are walking, whether you are running, whether you are flying, hold on to the hope. What matters to God is not the exp outward expression of your faith. It's whether the faith is holding on to the hope. Do you understand what I'm saying? Sometimes we are so much sold out to the outward expression that we think that, oh, it's not happening. You know, when I was young, even in my college years, I used to love to lead worship. I, I didn't do it like Pastor Wayne, but I had my own way of doing it. And sometimes I still feel it even in our ministry today because we're such a mixture with a younger generation and octogenarians in one service. And the young people stand up and they say, I want everybody to stand up right now. Remain standing right now. Be obedient to the spirit. I want you to remain standing. Uh-huh. There are those that cannot stand anymore very long. And so they are busy right there worshiping together with you. They may not dance the whole body, but they are just shaking and they are nodding together with you. But brother, the hope is still there. And what you need to understand is as long as the hope stands, nothing has been lost. So the Bible says there are those that Mount up with wings as eagles. And do not miss this because the fact is, the Lord actually says, beginning with young people, that even the young, you shall be weary. So the time will come when you actually find yourselves exactly at the stage which you used to accuse or probably look down at. But time is coming. The body never lies. Do you understand what I'm saying? And your birth certificate does not lie too. So the Lord teaches us that we need to hold on to the hope no matter what circumstances and age and even our physical condition is like. And no matter what outward expression. In the morning I said, one of the things that happened in America that is very sad is that everything is defined by outward expression. We, we, we are a marketing nation. We do things sometimes that, 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 that bewilders the rest of the world when they look at how we, 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 we process things. It's like... In the words of a very brilliant British friend, he said to me, the way how things are done in America is interesting. That this is a nation that has many answered prayers from the past. Most of your fathers prayed to God. And many of you are experiencing the answers to those prayers. But here's the problem. You don't pray as much as your fathers prayed. But the problem is that when God comes in your life, and he answers your prayer at the moment when you had one leg up eating an apple pie. You start a religion of one leg up eating an apple pie. And suddenly you create an entire denomination based on apple pie, one leg up faith. And you don't understand the fact that that's not where the story is. And suddenly this is basically what you see in this country. 
The Bible teaches us that we need to firm our hope. Now, 1 Timothy chapter 6 on verse 17. You need to remember that scripture because Paul says to Timothy, My son, warn them who are rich. Another version says, command them who are rich because not to put their hope. Did you hear that? In the wealth of this world, which is uncertain. Everybody say uncertain. And that means to say, it's not dependable. It's not dependable. You cannot put your life and hope in the world of this world. It's uncertain. My country, when it went through the worst hyperinflation we had ever seen. And I will never forget what it meant for us to really be flooded with articles on the 1930 depression of America, the 1920 German recession, and we would study these things. We would be amused. And one true story that actually happened in Germany in the 20s, a woman went for shopping with a wheelbarrow full of Dutchmugs. She was tired of standing in the queue. She decided, I will leave the money, and I will just do something else, then come back to it later. And who would steal that money? Certainly nobody. And surely enough, when she came back, the whole lot of Dutchmugs was there, not one dime missing, but the wheelbarrow was missing. And what you realize then is the fact that this is how uncertain the wealth of the world can get. Sometimes we hold on to these things. Many of you, you know, I see people encouraging us to give all this. It's all about the wealth of the world. And you know, do you know how many of you grapple with these things like someone is about to perform surgery when they call for an offering inside you? I mean, you feel like, oh my God, the money is going right now. Ooh. It's all these battles because of the things of the world. We hold on to them because we think our life, our hope is in the things of this world. Have you ever finished, visited a, 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 an area where trash is thrown? Sometimes I even find it very interesting when I look at vehicles. Very recently, when I was coming, I had a friend who asked me when I left Britain that, can you please bring me an old Nokia phone? They used to make a certain huge phone. And I, no longer, people don't use it anymore. I remember when I was by security, they, two, two, three security guys called each other to look at it. And they said, can you believe it? And I'll never forget what one of the other guys said. As he was holding it with two hands like this. He said, brother, in those years, whoever had this phone was the man. Now believe me, today if I brought that phone, many of you would just throw it away. You don't even want to see it. But there was a time we needed to find the man. Now here we are today, nobody wants to see it anymore. I know the crazy with the iPhone 5. Believe me, two years from now, iPhone 5, there will be nothing. I think will be iPhone 20 will be better by that time. We don't know what iPhone. What you see is that's how uncertain the things of the world are. Many of you see all these old cars that you see in the junkyard. And yet there was a time when they were the car. And they defined the man of the day. But that's how uncertain. That's why God says, tell them, even those who are materialistic and those who are rich among you, do not put your hope in the things of this world. Does God have a problem with wealth? No. God actually has no problem with you being wealthy. God has no problem with you being whatever near you want to be, whether you are a trillionaire or, and I can say that to you because as in Zimbabwe, everyone is a billionaire, a trillionaire in my country. We are all billionaires. We are trillionaires. We're hexo, we, we, we have all, did you know the largest bill in my country was $100 trillion, which was the equivalent of less than 200 American dollars. So when you come and you say, I'm a millionaire, you are in good company there because everybody is already a millionaire. But what you, what you need to understand is, does God have a problem with that? 
No, he has no problem with that. But God has a problem with you putting your hope in those things. God has a problem with you putting your hope in the green bugs. Our hope is not in Barack Obama. Our hope is not in Mitt Romney. Our hope is not in the United Nations. Our hope is in the Lord, our God. That's where our hope is. That's the one that we hope in. And I believe that the Bible teaches us that as Pastor Leb at that point very much in Colossians chapter 1, talking about Christ in us, the hope of glory. That scripture shows us that that hope is stored up in heaven. We are those that live in this life looking forward to the glorious appearing of the Redeemer. That one day we will see him. So scripture says these three abide forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the Bible teaches us that the greatest is love. And surely enough, why? Because our hope awaits the glorious appearing. Because our hope is stored up in above. What is that? It's talking about the return of the king. Because when hope, hope expires when hope is realized. Do you understand what I'm saying? So what we hoped for, the moment it arrives, then our hope expires at that point. We stay in an eternal state of love. But you need to walk this journey with hope. And I tell you the truth that many of you have been prayed for. You have sought the face of God many times. And many of you are losing hope. Many of you say, where is God? Many of you say, it's been five years. I say to you today, keep the hope. I say to you that it may be hard. It may have been delayed. It may have been long. Keep the hope. Do not lose hope. In Psalms 37, on verse 9, that scripture I love so much. It says, those that hope in the Lord shall surely possess the land. I love that. They that hope in the Lord. I shared in the morning about, in September, I was in Texas sharing at a Baptist meeting. And believe you me, I, 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 I love my Baptist friends. And here, they have a hymn book. Now, see, we, we, we are not big on hymn books, you have to understand that. But hymn number four or six, our pastor told me that you sing that song here very often. My hope is in nothing else, save the blood of Jesus Christ, his blood and his righteousness. Everything else is sinking sand. That's where your hope should be. Your hope should be only in God. Do you know why many of you are getting frustrated? Because you hope in other things other than God. And you look to certain other things for your future and your life except in God. Isaiah chapter 40 is really meant to help you to know God is in control. Amen. I said God is in control. Hallelujah. I said God is in control. There is nothing he has left to mankind by himself. No. He is still around and very much involved in this world and the destiny of these nations. I promise you that no matter what mess man is making, he will sort it out by himself in ways that you cannot even imagine. I believe that God has the final word. You know, when man tells you something and when doctors say something to you, when all these other people say something to you, the word of the Lord is final. You must believe that only God can tell you what is final. I always find fascination with the words of Jesus. The Bible teaches us that he's standing before, was it Herod? And Herod said, do you know that I actually, it's my duty to, to release you to give. Jesus looks at him and says, really? Let me tell you something. Nobody has that kind of authority over me unless my father has granted that. Who made you to think that you can actually determine my destiny, my freedom? Oh, you know that actually, unless and except, you know, I am, you know what, you have to. No! No, no, God has the final word and only God has the final word. It's not over and still God says it is over. Now, I'm saying this. Can you stand on your feet? We're just about to pray right now. The Bible teaches us in the book of Psalms that I lifted my eyes to the hills. 
from whence does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord. Your help is not in anything else except God. And I want to say to you that the reason why we can trust this God, no matter what we have gone through, we serve a great God. We serve an awesome God. He is way above it all. Do you know why you can put your hope in God? He's not subject to the elements. He is not, he doesn't say, he never replies back to you and say, under these circumstances. You know, that's what we tell each other all the time. When you ask something from somebody, he says, under these circumstances. Do you know why when you make a promise, you can make a very good promise. The difference between you and God is that you do not have the ability to deliver. That's why I like when the Bible teaches about the faith of Abraham, that the scriptures say, against hope, Abraham believed in hope. And why did he do that? The Bible says he knew that not only had God given the promise, but he also had the power to deliver. It's one thing to be gracious with a promise. It's another thing to have the ability to deliver. And God's word teaches us that God has both the integrity to uphold his word and the ability to honor his word. When he says something, you can put it in the bank because he's big enough. Why? He is not under the, any circumstances. He is not subject to the elements. He will not give you a complaint about the weather. He will not tell you that I failed because of distance. The Bible says I am that big and it's all under my control. It's called the sovereignty of God. I can never be able to define that word. Sovereign God, that's who he is. How great thou art, so we sing. That's the God that we serve. And he says, put your hope in me and not in anything else that is fleeting, temporal, and uncertain. Your hope should be in the Lord. And when it's in the Lord, you can mount up with wings. You can soar the dizzy heights. You can run, but you'll never be weary. You can walk and you'll not faint. Romans 5 verse 5 says, hope does not put to shame. Do you know that people laugh at you when you tell them about your hope in the Lord? Right now I see your television awash with mockery of religion. When you talk about God, people laughing and say, these religious fanatics, all this stuff. Let me tell you, we will have the last laugh if we are standing on God. When you do not, I want you to understand that when God is still on the, as long as he's still on the throne, we will have the last laugh. There's nothing you can do. When I became a Christian, I came from a culture. That made it very dangerous to come to Christ. I'm telling you that. I never needed anything more than only one assurance. Is God bigger than the ancestral spirits that we worship? Is God bigger than our... Because it was even a dangerous decision and a fatal decision to actually transition from spirit mediums to come to Jesus Christ. And the Lord showed me one passage that became my first sermon in, in my entire preaching life in the book of 1 John. Greater is he that is in you than him that is in the world. And I came to the realization that I can publicly stand before my whole family and I say, bye-bye, I am leaving. I found the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And I will never save all this. That's why I love that song that says, and I will save no foreign gods, nor have pleasure in anything else, but the God of the Bible. He is a big God. Raise your hands. Let's just talk to the Lord for a while. Father God, we are so grateful today that we worship an awesome and majestic God, that there is none other like unto thee. We thank you, Lord, that hallowed be thy name in all the earth. We, you reign supreme. Majesty, we worship your majesty. And we thank you, Lord God, that there is none other like unto thee. You reign supreme in heaven and below there is none other like unto thee. We thank you today for showing us that we can put our hope in you because no one compares unto you. 
you. You are the indescribable God. You reign supreme. Language fails us to describe the immensity of the God that we serve. And today we stand in hope. Knowing for sure that nothing is too hard for our God. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. May your name be blessed forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. For those who are going to pray with people, come down front this morning. We're going to do two things. Uh, those of you who've been here for a while know that we are going to take up an offering for Brother Clopas. But, uh, and, and normally we pass the baskets, but I think we're going to do that a little bit differently. Kenny, uh, we'll leave, uh, we'll, we'll have the baskets at the door. And if we could just bring two down front for those who aren't going to be leaving for a while. We're just going to kind of hang out here. We'll, uh, we'll collect that way. If you want to write a check, you can just write to Springhouse because it'll all go directly to him. If you need prayer for something, you know, you may... Here's, here's what gets us a lot of times. A lot of times we go, okay, I've prayed for that. I already prayed for that. I already prayed for that. Did you, did you hear what he was talking about today? Don't let go of the hope. Keep walking in hope. You know, when he, when he talked about the prayers of our, of our fathers, the prayers of our mothers that we are now walking in the blessings of, they didn't just pray one time and go, well, don't know if that'll happen or not. No. The, the blessings that you're walking in, multiple prayers were sown into them. So if you have a need, if you have something you need the biggest God in the universe to do. You come. We're going to worship for a few moments, and we'll wait. We'll wait for you. Um, come now.
Song. 
encourage you to uh, not let go of the word that went forth today. You were not here by accident. And whether you came down for prayer or not, you needed this. And so walk in it. Remind you about this afternoon, uh, Lamplighters, 4.30, Wednesday evening. There's stuff to look forward to. My sermon next week. I mean, you know, there's stuff to look forward to. Raise your hand. Let me give you a blessing. May the God and Father of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who sent his Son into the world as King of kings and Lord of lords, who rules and reigns forever and ever, and whose spirit lives in you, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. May you walk in the hope and the faith and the assurance of those who are his. May you soar on wings of eagles. May you run and not become weary. May you walk and not faint through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Don't forget the offerings at the, at the doors. And if you're going to hang out here for a while, you can come down here and leave an offering for pastor.